I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the spirit of God who's in this place. And we give him liberty to do what he wants to do. Liberty to say what he wants to say. And as I back up, I thank you for the spirit of God using me to declare the oracles of your word. And I thank you that today, Father, we... No one will leave this place spiritually unfed. Those who are watching online, Father, will literally be fed the manna from God's word today, even through the camera. And I thank you and I praise you for signs, miracles, and wonders following your word because you watch over your word to perform it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week, I started a new series entitled Harvest Time is Here. Everybody say Harvest Time is Here. And I believe that we are in a season of increase. Increase is traveling in your direction. Come on, everybody say that with me. Say increase is traveling in my direction. I believe that. And so I have a testimony that... Uh, I received that I want to share that lines up with what we're teaching. It says, hey, Pastor Dad. You know, remember now, I got all kind of titles. Hey, Pastor Dad, good news. I just got offered a position with the city of Dallas. The funny thing is I applied an interview for a supervisor position and a manager position for the same department. When they called to offer the job, they offered be uh, offered me both positions and told me to choose come on now that's harvest right there right she said i was hands down the top content contender for the position and of course i chose the manager's position and it exceeded my expectation in pay the amount i was thinking it was eleven thousand dollars more than what i expected amen and this particular uh, individual uh, has been a member of Waters Youth Family Church and due to some family things, they had to move out of state. And so they've been believing God to move back. And so not only did they get a new position, but they're moving back into the state. Amen? Amen. So last week, everybody say last week. Now, I'm in a series, it's, it's on harvest time, and I'm, I'm, I'm making the assumption that you have some seed in the ground And you're keeping seed in the ground. Amen. And I said to my staff this past week that most people, they want a handout. They don't want to harvest. I'm going to say that again on this side over here. Most people want a handout. They don't want to harvest. You say, well, pastor, what's the difference? See, a handout, you don't really have to do anything for it. It takes little effort. As a matter of fact, for a handout, In most cases, all you have to do is ask. 
But see, when it comes to a harvest, a harvest requires some effort. Everybody say effort. It requires, listen, a harvest is going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some energy. It's going to cost you some effort. And it's going to cost you some seed. Say amen to that. So what I'm going to do quickly is just to do a slight review from last week. For those of who, who may not have been here. Uh, and then I want to catch us up and then we're going to jump into this week's lesson. And so last week I gave you a principle that I really need you to get. Okay, and this principle will help produce harvest for your life. So let's go to Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 because the principle uh, that I believe will help you produce harvest in your life is found in Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. It says, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Verse 7 says, and Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But I want you to pay attention to something. He says, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now, I want you to notice what that verse did not say. It did not say speak the word. It said speak the word only. And there's a difference between just speaking the word, because I believe most people, in, if you're a Christian, uh, in some way or another, you may speak the word. You may even post the word on Facebook. You may even post the word on Instagram. But see, that's not what got that servant's, uh, that man's servant healed. What got his servant healed is he told Jesus to speak the word. Come on, church, speak the word. Speak the word only and what was amazing about this if you drop down to verse 10 it says when jesus heard it he marveled do you know it takes a lot of marveling to marvel jesus i mean that's a lot of marveling right it says and jesus when he heard it he marveled and said to, to them that followed barely i say unto you i have not found so great faith no, no, not in Israel. So listen, church, great faith is produced when I speak the word. Come on, church, great faith is produced. See, people want to know, how do you function in great faith? Well, the only way you're going to function consistently in great faith is that you're going to have to just speak the word only. So you're going to have to get all that other stuff out of your vocabulary. I mean, this is a principle even found in the uh, Old Testament in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Because see, when you reach a point where all you need is the word only, your life changes. Because now when you speak the word only, you know that what you're speaking is going to eventually manifest. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. He's not a man that he should lie. So if I say what God says and I say that only, I am going to manifest only what his word says. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He says, this book of the law or the word shall not, watch this church, here's the principle, shall not depart from where? Man. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to speak the word only. Listen, head knowledge gives you education. 
Heart knowledge gives you revelation. Mouth knowledge gives you manifestation. I'm going to say that again. Head knowledge. See, everybody's got head knowledge. You have people who have more degrees than thermometers. Head knowledge gives you education. Heart knowledge gives you revelation. In other words, it allows you to see something you didn't see before. But see, mouth knowledge gives you manifestation. You say, well, why do you say that? Why? Because you have, listen church, what you say, not what you want. Okay, let's go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. You don't have what you want. You have what you say. And that's the problem. Most people, they, listen, they want one thing, but they're saying another thing. Mark 11, look in verse 22. We're going to jump into the lesson here. And Jesus answering said unto them, the disciples, have faith in God. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever. So now he's talking to everybody. What is he saying about whosoever? He said, whosoever shall say to the mountain, say to the problem, say to the disease, say to the sickness, say to the situation, be removed to be cast into the sea and shall not doubt where in his heart, but shall believe, watch this now, believe what? Believe that those things which he, which he what? Notice he didn't say believe that those things which he won't. It says you believe that those things which he what? say shall come to pass read this with me he shall have whatsoever so you're not gonna have what you want unless what you say is what you want did you get that so one of the main points I made on last week, I gave you the harvest process. I'm going to quickly go through this and then we're going to jump into the lesson. Uh, because we're talking about harvest. And when I say harvest, I'm talking about increase in any area you need it. Harvest is bigger than money because, see, sometimes money is not enough to get you what you need. Money can buy you a bed, but it can't buy you no sleep. Right? It, 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 it may can pay for the doctor, but it can't buy you healing. So the first process in the harvest process is first you're going to reap. And that's when you gather the increase. That's when you work, you got a paycheck or whatever the case may be. So you reap. And then the second one was return. That's when you return what belongs to God. The only way that God knows that he can trust you is when you can return what you have of his back to him. Say amen to that. Then the third one is release, and this is when you give from your heart. That's called offering. Uh, and then number four is reimburse. That's just another way of saying now you're going to pay your bills. you got to maintain life. Then the fifth one is that you're going to reserve. That's when you put some money aside. That's when you save. And then number six, you're going to remember to bless others with it. So if you're taking notes today, our lesson title is Respect Your Harvest respect your harvest and today's lesson is centered around the principle listen that your mindset determines your management and your management determines if you get more i'm gonna say that again your mindset determines how you manage or your management and then your management determines if you get more in other words your view determines what you do so here's point number one. I only have three today, and if you're a good class, I'll finish it. Here's point number one. Your future increase 
is dependent on your present management. Your future increase. Let me ask you a question. How many want some increase in your future? Want some increase in your future? Okay, so watch this now. Do you know that you control your future right now? Because your future increase is dependent on your present management. I'm reading now in Matthew chapter 25, the New King James Version. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. And he called his own servants and he delivered his goods. Everybody say his goods. Okay, so whose goods were they? They were this man's goods. He delivered unto his servants his goods to them. Verse 15. And to one he gave five talents and to another he gave two talents and to another he gave one talent and the Bible says to each according to his own ability. Let me say it like this. He gave each person the amount based on their management level. And then immediately he went on his journey. Watch verse 16. Then he who received five talents, he went and traded them and he made five other talents. Verse 17. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. Verse 18. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and he hid, read this with me, his Lord's money. Whose money was it? Whose was it? It was his Lord's money. So then verse 19, it says, And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and he brought five other talents. And he says, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents. So let me ask you a question right here. What did the Lord give this guy or this person? Some what? Talents, right? How much did he give him? Five talents. So he said to the Lord, you gave me five talents. And he says, and I've gained five more talents. But watch what verse 21 says. I'm going to show you something you may not have ever seen. His Lord said to him, read it with me. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. I want you to see something. He gave them talents to manage but the reward was many things not just talents come on church are y'all with me with listen 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 see this is why a harvest can come in various forms here it was that the owner of the talents gave them all different levels of talents different amounts but then if they managed the talent correctly he didn't just give them talents back. It said he gave them many things. Everybody say many things. See, that can be talents. That can be a car. That can be a house. That can be some stocks. That can be some mutual funds. That can be, that can be what you want. So then watch this. He says, enter the joy of the Lord, verse 22. He also who had received two talents came and says, Lord, you gave me two talents. Now notice he didn't say, you gave him five. Why you didn't give me two? You gave him five. I just got two. Now you just need to be happy with where you are and manage it well. He says, look, I've gained two more talents. Verse 23, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over what? A few things. I will make you what? Rule over what? Many things. There it is again. 
And then it says, enter the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I, I knew you are, were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. He says, and I was what? Afraid. And so because I was fearful, I went and hid your talent in the ground. And that's the problem with a lot of people. The reason why most people don't know that they have inherited a poverty spirit. This is why every time your bank account gets low, so does your attitude. That's what fear sets in. See, fear is just a manifestation that I'm scared of something. Fear, when it comes to money, says, oh, I'm fearful because I think I'm going to run out. Well, the only reason you think you're going to run out is because, again, you think you are the source. So verse 27 says, he says, verse 26, the Lord answered, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and you get, and I gather where I haven't scattered seed. He says, you should have at least deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own interest. I want you to notice something because now I'm going to show you a powerful principle. He says, so take the talent from him and give it to those, give it to him who had 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even that which he has will be taken away from him. Because let me tell you something, church. If you abuse it, you will lose it. Here's point number two. I won't be, you won't be a good owner if you haven't been a good steward. You won't be a good owner. If you haven't been a good steward. See, we, we got this thing in our head that, you know, God, let my ship come in and I'll bless you. And he's looking at you going, son, if you'll just tithe off the check I gave you, I believe that when the ship comes, you will bless me. Look at Luke 16. Here's the point again. You and I won't be a good owner. If we're not a good owner, we won't be a good steward. Verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is what? Least is faithful also in what? Much. And he that is unjust or doesn't do right in the least is unjust or doesn't do right in what? In much. If therefore you have not been faithful, watch this, in the unrighteous money, who will commit to your trust, watch this church, True riches. So there is a difference between unrighteous money and true riches. Most people never reach the true riches category because they're struggling with the unrighteous money. One of the reasons why you need to return the tithe, because you have to understand we live in a world that is governed by Satan. The Bible calls him the God, little g, of this world. So if, if Satan is the little God of this world, watch this, everything that he has ownership to is negative. It's cursed. That's why when you give to God first, it breaks the curse off of it. So some of us, when we don't, we, we have cursed clothes, cursed, cursed refrigerator, cursed food in the refrigerator. Maybe that's why God got all those calories. I don't know. 
But he says in verse 12, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's church, listen, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. Read it with me. You cannot serve God and mammon. So here's a take-home thought. THT, here's a take-home thought. Your dream, this is good, church, your dream will not come to pass until you have helped someone else's vision come to pass. I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to say that again. Your dream, because you know everybody wants God to give me a dream. You know, we like Martin Luther King. I had a dream. Well, we all want God to give us a dream. Joseph had a dream. But see, your dream will not come to pass until you help someone else's vision come to pass. See, Joseph had a dream. Watch this now. But it was only fulfilled when he served Pharaoh's vision. Oh, oh that's so good. This is why you're not working for your boss or the company. You're actually working for you as unto the Lord. Why? Because, see, listen, as I work to fulfill someone else's vision, God is going to bring my dream to pass. And this is why you must maintain a good heart attitude. Colossians 3.22, one of my favorite verses says this, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers. In other words, don't just do it while they are looking. Verse 23, and whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do, boy, that, that, that's a blank thing right there. It don't matter. So if you're a hairdresser, if you are an accountant, if you are a teacher, if whatever you do, verse 24 or verse 23, do it heartily as to who? The Lord and not unto men. Why? Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you and I serve the Lord Christ. I want to read this in the Amplified. Everybody say my attitude makes a difference. Watch Colossians 3 in the Amplified. It says servants obey in everything. Those who are your earthly masters, not only when they, their eyes are on you as men pleasers, but in simplicity of purpose with all of your heart because of your reverence for the Lord and as a sincere expression of your devotion to him. Whatever may be your task, work it, how church, heartily, and then it says from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. Knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive your inheritance, which is your real reward. The one whom you actually are serving is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. There's a difference between blessings and a reward. See, lots of people get blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. The Lord blessed me. But I, I don't believe the average person, you know, the Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek him. When you look up that word reward, it means money paid. God pays people to seek him diligently. So, so I don't just want a blessing. I want some reward. 
Watch Psalm 75, verse 6. It says, For promotion comes neither from the east nor the west nor the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and he sets up another one. So now my pursuit in what I do is different because now it's not centered around how my boss treats me. Oh, I'm talking to some people right now. You had a hard week. I mean, oh, he, your boss gave you a hard time. They, they rode you like a horse. Giddy, giddy up. I mean, they was riding you without a saddle. The problem is, the moment you think you are doing what you do as unto your boss is the moment now, watch this, you, you lose your real reward because remember, it says that you serve the Lord Christ. He's the one that rewards me. So God already knows the attitude of my supervisor or my boss or whoever the, the, the person is. He already knows that. And so watch this, why should I allow how you treat me to disqualify, my, disqualify myself from what God's reward is for me? See, we, we don't want to believe this as believers, but for the most part, you're in control of your life. Oh, you're in control. Yeah, you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're in control. Now, let me say this. Just because bad things happen, because people, why do bad things happen with good, to good people? Let me explain why bad things happen to good people. Because the good people are here on the earth with sinners and the devil. That's why. So stop asking yourself the question, you know, why are these bad things happening to me? Well, first of all, Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Well, if Jesus said it, you're going to have it. Okay, but see, my focus shouldn't be on what I'm going through when I understand that he said he will work all things together for my good anyway. So now I'm going through with a different perspective. I'm going through, watch this, with the attitude of going through. See, some of y'all's attitude, the reason why it's bad is because you're not going through. You stay in. You stuck. Yeah. You stuck. You feel stuck in that job, stuck in that marriage, stuck, stuck with those kids. <laughs> I mean, kids, you, you can't return them. It's not like Walmart. You go in, you, ah, you took it home. It's like, oh, I don't like this. And you go and take a receipt and say, hey, can you take this back? You can't do that with kids. Once you have them, they're yours. There's no barcode that you can scan and send them back. Don't work like that. So what do you do? You're stuck. Well, some situations ain't going to change. It's going to take a change of my attitude to change the situation. So let's go to point three. Point three. Because we're talking about harvest time. And, and, and see, you got, you, you got to respect your harvest. If you, if, it's like this. Whatever you don't respect, runs from you. Most people, money detracts from them because they don't respect it. I mean, let me ask you, do you hang around people that don't respect you? Huh? No, you're not going to be hanging around them if they dis disrespecting you, right? Well, 
Why should money hang around you when you ain't respecting it? Oh, wow. Okay, see, you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? What do you mean I ain't respecting money? Well, first of all, if you're not governing your money that God has given you, if you're not managing it based on biblical principles, you're not respecting money from a a kingdom perspective. See, you have to understand we're in this world, but we're not of the world. So the way we govern our life should be a little different. And here's why it needs to be different, because people in the world need to see godly principles working in your life. They need to see you working on that same job, but for some reason your house is better, your car is better, your marriage is better, your attitude is better, everything about you is better. And they know that you got the same job they got. Amen. So in order for your harvest For you to respect it. Listen, here we go. My mindset must be reset. My mindset must be reset. Now, I'm going to share some stuff that can potentially offend you. Now, I'm not trying to uh, offend you. I'm not trying to do that. Okay, you're watching me on the camera. I'm not trying to offend you by some of the things that I may share. I'm only sharing it because I believe it will expose you because here's a sub point under this point. Exposure expands your capacity to believe. See, some things I share and I know that I'm sharing it, that I'm going to offend some people. But because now I believe transparency helps people grow, I will be transparent even at the point where I know somebody may misunderstand me. But if the majority of people are going to grow from my transparency, I'm going to be transparent. And then the three over here that misunderstood, they just misunderstood. They didn't want to understand anyway. Come on, have you met people that just don't, they don't want to understand? Have you ever been through a drive-thru? I'm like, why are you working here? Why are you mad? Why, why are you mad? You picked this job. I didn't pick this job for you. I didn't fill the application out. You did. So why are you so angry? I believe they need to create like create like anger management crisis for drive through people. I mean, some people are so mad, I don't even want to eat the food they gave me. Because it ain't going to taste good. It was not given to me in love. Throw it away. everybody say exposure exposure expands your capacity to believe Genesis chapter 15 look in verse 1 now this was about Abraham I'm going to show you a principle here because over the years I've expanded my capacity to believe by being exposed And do you know, for the most part, exposure really doesn't cost you nothing. Watch this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. He says, I'm your shield. I'm your exceeding great reward. But Abram said, Lord, what would you give me seeing that I go childless? How does Abraham see himself? Childless. Watch verse 3. Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, 
one that is born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. God spoke back and said, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him. Watch what God did to Abraham. Everybody say exposure. Expands my capacity to believe. He says in verse 5, then he brought him outside and said, look now, Abraham, toward heaven. Can you count the stars? Are you able to number them? And he said to him, so shall your what? Descendants be. Now stop before we read the next verse. How did Abraham see himself? Come on, church. He saw himself childless. So what did God do? God said, I need to expand the capacity of Abraham's ability to believe. So what I need to do with Abraham is I need to expand his capacity to believe by exposing him to something bigger. So then now, verse 6 says, after he took him outside and he says, can you look at the stars? Can you count them? He says, guess what, Abraham? That's how many your descendants are going to be. And then verse 6, read it with me, says what? And he stopped. Read it again. Come on, church, say it again. He believed. What did he believe? He believed that his descendants were going to be just like the stars that he saw. Well, what changed Abraham's capacity to believe? Because at one point, God started talking to Abraham. Abraham just threw the problem out. I ain't got no kids. Okay, so let me, let me, let me, let me say it like I know when we read the Bible. You know, let me go back. Okay, so verse 2, it says, but Abraham said, go back to verse 2 for me. But Abraham said, Lord, what would you give me? Seeing I go childless. So let me just put that in today's term. God ain't got no kids. You promised me some kids. God, I am 45 and I ain't got no kids. What you gonna do? That's what Abraham was saying. But then God showed him something. And listen, church, it was what he saw that expanded his capacity to believe. And what you see in your mind's eye and in your vision is what will cause your capacity to believe, to expand. And I'm telling you, I've proven this over and over and over. And that's why in Joshua, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night. And then if you keep reading, he says, and then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Listen, my success now is dependent on my ability to believe. And that my ability to believe is expanded by my exposure. That's why you got to get around people who think bigger than you. This is why it's good to come to a church like this, because I am going to stretch your ability to believe. Amen. I know, I know, I know you thought or you go. You know what I saw the other day? I took a picture of it. I saw a picture of a pacer. Now, see, some of y'all going, what is that? A pa how many don't know what a pacer is? Let me see one hand. Don't know what a pacer is. Come on. That's okay, how many know what a pacer is? A car. Oh, really? Y'all are old. That's why y'all know that. Listen. A pacer is an old car. They made them back in the 70s, right? 
and it, it and, 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 and I mean, and I saw one. I, and look, I got out of my car to take, I said, Landon, that's a pacer. He was like, what is that? And while I'm taking a picture of the pacer, another man and his son, he's out of the car taking a picture of the pacer too. Some of y'all came to this church and you had pace of faith. But I tell you what, if you'll let me, I'll take you from having pace of faith to Rolls Royce faith if you'll let me. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you what I know. So here it is. Uh, I'm praying one day and God gives me a vision. We were at an elementary school. It was a cafetorium. What that means is it's an auditorium and a cafeteria. So while you're worshiping, you see french fries on the ground. That's what it is. So, we, you know, we had church and we had one service and we started packing that service out. So it was a, we had a choice to, to go two services or change places. Well, at the time, I was still a new pastor. I didn't want to preach twice. That's a lot of work. So I was like, so I, but you know, I'm going to do what the Lord want me to do. So I prayed about it. And as I was praying, the Lord gave me a vision of an auditorium, showed me the color of the seats, showed me everything. I didn't know where it was. Long story short, he led me to Seguin High School. When they took me to that auditorium, that's exactly what I saw in the vision. And so you know what I did? Because when we, first of all, they told me no four times that we couldn't use it. No, 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 no. But you got to remember now. Once you've expanded your capacity to believe, your natural results doesn't matter. I was just waiting on them to say yes. I did like Moses. Moses went to Pharaoh how many times? A lot. Let my people go. No, I'll be back tomorrow. Can I get a raise? No, I'll be back tomorrow. They're going to get tired of you asking. So here it is. We moved in that auditorium. And it was huge, right? And, and we only filled up like a certain section in the middle. I mean, it was that, that room swallowed us up. But you know what I did? I expanded my capacity to believe. I would come in there two and three times a week. And I would sit on the stage and I would view all of those seats with people in them. See, you got to expand your, get out of your comfort zone. Go, listen, go find the car and the magazine you want. Don't go buy it. You can't afford it right now. But see, look, my money ain't making the purchase anyway. My faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things I don't have. It's I don't need money. I need faith. So you know what I did? I expanded my capacity to believe. And I've done this in so many different areas. And so years ago, I'm closing right now. Years ago, when I was in uh, my first pastor's conference, uh, our church was, I think, six months old. And... uh, 
I got there and I was ironing my clothes before the, 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 the meeting that night. So I'm ironing. And I, I asked the Lord, Lord, you know, what do you want me to give as an offering tonight on behalf of the church? Because I'm the pastor of the church. So I need to give, right? All right. So I'm ironing my shirt. And the Lord says to me very clearly, I want you to give $5,000 today. I said, we won't be doing that tonight. <laughs> no. I was serious. <laughs> we won't be giving $5,000 tonight. So that night comes around, and it's time to give. And I wrote out a check for $2,500. And it was public giving. I had never seen that. I'm Presbyterian. We passed the trays. <laughs> so they came, and you go down there, and you announce your seed. And so uh, what kind of, cheer, what kind of uh, giver that God loves? A cheerful one. So I figured, okay, I'm going to be cheerful when I go down here. Even though I'm disobeying God, I'm going to act like I'm obeying him. Because, see, some of us do that. That ain't your tithe. You didn't give no tithe. Why did you even put tithe on that? It ain't no tithe. It's tired. It's not a tithe. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, uh, I go down there and I go, $2,500. And I was, you know, I said it loud like that. Everybody was looking like, whoa, who is he? What's that? And, you know, you, you hear the rumbling in the crowd like, who is that? Why he said it out loud like that? You know, people going to always have a problem with what you're doing. So I go back to my seat. And it was three of us on, on staff. Three. Only three. Uno does threats. That's as bad as much Spanish as I got. And this third person, he said to me, I'm sitting down. He says, Pastor, for some reason, I think we're supposed to give another $2,500. I wanted to say the devil is alive, but I knew that was not the devil. God was trying to push me to do what was right. I didn't tell him what God told me. I'm like, oh. I was not cheerful. No, I wasn't. I, God love a cheerful giver. He does, but he don't hate an uncheerful one. I wrote that check in anger. I wrote it in anger. Wrote the 2500 I go back down there again. Because then it's like, wait a minute. He, can't, he just sat there. And he just... So I get back up there. And I did it again. $2,500. And I go back down to my seat. And I sit down. And God speaks to me clearly. And says, Evan, I want you to give your Rolex watch in the offering. I was silent just like y'all. I was not happy. I knew it was the Lord too. See, the church had given, but Evan hadn't given. So, see, that means, see, see, I'm talking to somebody right now. Your business may prosper, but you ain't. Because if you're giving, if you're giving, if you're giving from your business, it ought to prosper. But if you ain't giving, you ain't going to prosper. So here it is. I'm, I, I, so long story short, I give that watch. I was not happy about it. But something has happened from that day, which was 2005 to 2021. I have not had a personal need that I've not had the supply for. Now, now uh, there's a watch. Where's Bruce? Let me see. So I, I only brought this. I know I'm going to make some people mad. It's okay. So when you sow, if you sow strawberries, what, what you ought to get? strawberries if, if you sow money what you ought to get 
you also get favor that comes with that. I'll show you that next week. But, but I gave away a Rolex. Well, uh, about three, maybe, yeah, about three years ago, a pastor friend of mine was here preaching. He's worshiping. I go to his church. This is now months later. I go to his church to preach at his church. And we're riding in his car on the way to the restaurant. He says, Evan, he says, I have something that the Lord spoke to me while I was at your church to give to you. I said, what is it? So this is a Brightland watch box. And there is a Brightland in here, brand new. Had the papers and everything. Now, this is my conservative Brightland. See, this is the Brightland I got on right here. But see, you, you, this is blinged out, right? It's blinged out, right? That's okay. I don't wear this one to, when I go to the bank or nothing. I, I put this one on. They, they can't handle it. Watch this, church. This watch costs more than the one that I sold. This is almost a $7,000 watch right here, right? Somebody gave it to me. You know why? Because I respect, listen, I respect what I expect. See, if I expect God to bless me, I need to respect the way he does it. So let me close real quick. Application. I'm going to go fast. Inspect what God expects. Inspect what God expects. What that mean? Whatever you do and inspect it, because if God expects it and what I'm doing doesn't match up with that, I need to inspect it. I need to correct it. Number two, adjust your work attitude. Listen, some people, y'all need to get straight, get yourself, get yourself straight. You need to leave your attitude at the altar today. Number three, treat other stuff like it's your stuff. Treat it right. Number four, expand your exposure. So in the next service, I'm going to talk about how God blessed me with my first Bentley. It was supernatural. See, some of y'all start hating right there. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know why if you, when you judge somebody, you disqualify yourself to get it now. The scripture says, judge not so that you be not judged. So if I judge somebody for what they have, I just disqualify myself from getting it. So don't do it. Just say, well, Lord, bless him. Did y'all get something out of the lesson? Come on. With every head bowed, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word that has been sown on good ground. I declare a harvest of 30, 60, 100, even a thousandfold in the lives of those who have received this word today. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that the power that's in the word and the faith that comes from hearing the word will increase our faith in our hearts. And I thank you for great things taking place in our lives. And and Father, I just declare the harvest that you already see, the harvest of souls coming into this church the harvest of souls coming into the kingdom, the harvest of increase coming into the lives of those who are watching. 
And I thank you for great things coming in Jesus' name. But every head still bow. Here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not sure, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor Evan, if I die today.